What's up, guys? Back with episode 57. 57. Yeah, 57. I've only been, what is this, my fourth? Yeah. This is fourth, right? Yeah. One, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, I believe so. I declare a thumb war. No, because you came in with 52. So you had 52, 53, 54, 55, Look 56, that. 57. That's six. Oh, yeah, because right? it's been four weeks, but we did two episodes last week. Two episodes. That's, that's, that's the kicker. Dude, how was your weekend? I mean, stressful. Saturday or Sunday was stressful. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was... Man, during that game, I was really pulling for the Lions. Uh, mainly because I picked them. Secondarily, because mm. the Lions need to go to a, a Super Bowl at some point. And then I thought about it, and I was like, man, I really want Joe's team to win. So I could not have handled another disappointing playoff performance after a dominant regular season. Yeah, I knew you weren't going to take it well if they lost. So I didn't take the Ravens losing well. There's no way I would have taken the Niners well. I know you were texting me, and I was a little worried. I was like, if this if this game doesn't turn around, Joe's going to be down bad. Come on, I was an angry person in the first game because I'm just tired of the chiefs actually more than that because uh, we were talking about it do we like respect what what's the deal with the chiefs we'll obviously talk about that more later but yeah i feel like i respect them a lot and i'm so tired of everyone talking about them like they're invincible like how dare you pick anyone again like you can never pick against patrick mahomes he's the greatest i so wasn't even tom brady it was seven in 24 years yeah i wasn't tired of it until this week this is when i i kind of hit my wall and was like i'm ready i'm ready to be done with the chiefs for now uh, up until this point, I've been I've been okay with it, but something that something didn't hit right. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it. Other than that, though, the weekend was good. It was fun. Nice. Uh, we're doing a little painting in the house. Ooh, putting the the undrafted studios going back home. Let's so go painting the walls for that. That's, That's where we're fun. at here. Undrafted studio. That's where we're at. Home. That's right. Looking good. They got the Tua jersey up. Hey, shout out Fleco Media for. For getting this for me, the little sign to a jersey, the throwback to the throwback to match which matches the, the helmet, helmet, the throwback helmet. Let's go. Got the memorabilia up now. We're feeling it. Your setup's looking nice these days. Maybe I can follow suit. Yeah, you asked me a couple weeks if I think that Tua is the quarterback of the future, and then I responded by getting you that we got him. <laughs> we got him on the wall, so he better be. <laughs> That's the plan. What a dumb question of us. That was such a a big sports media question. We were trying to make something out of nothing. Is the timeline closing? He hasn't oh, won a man. Super Bowl yet. And Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl in Miami, and he's the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So you're about to say the goat. No, you're I was going to say the, the best Miami quarterback of all time. I was going to say okay. the goat. Um, it's hard to make a goat case if you don't have a Super Bowl or 35 playoff wins. Yeah, I mean, there's stat? maybe most talented, but you could probably make a case for that, but not GOAT. NFL quarterbacks with most career playoff wins of all time mm -hmm. as of January 2024. Patrick Mahomes is now third on the list at 14. Joe Montana at 16. Tom Brady at 35. 35 is... How many teams have more than 35? Not the Lions. One? Maybe. Two? Maybe two? Is that right? It's got to be right. How many of the how many of the Patriots have? Thirty seven wins. Because most of them were Brady, but they had a few. With and then Brady had a few with the Bucks. Yeah. Because Brady really only had four. thirty with the Patriots, so he had five with the Bucks. Yeah, which is and anyway, four of them all in the same season. So. Crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. It's really hard to make an argument for anybody else being the goat when you have those stats. So, because in goat conversation, 
championships do matter, aka basketball. Jordan. I'm talking LeBron James, Michael Jordan. So you know which side I'm Your taking cousin. on. Your cousin. That My was cousin. first episode, a few episodes ago. Yeah, a few episodes ago. You sent me this on Instagram, and this is wild, that the U- potentially the U.S. tallest building is going into Oklahoma. Yeah, man. <laughs> in Oklahoma City. In the middle of Tornado Town, dude. In Heartland, USA. That's going to look ridiculous. Called the Boardwalk at Bricktown, the new complex was designed by Office AO and developed by blah, 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 blah. It's about 200 feet taller than World Trade Center, than one World Trade Center, and it would be the sixth tallest building in the world, standing at 1,907 feet tall. Uh, 1,907 feet tall. That's a third of a mile. According to this, that's more than double the tallest in Oklahoma City right now. It looks like the tallest is Devon Tower at 844 feet. That would just be ridiculous. Imagine that without a New York or Dubai skyline. Just, yeah, just a big sky needle for no reason. And who's like, what are they going to do with that in Oklahoma City? I hope they have a good plan. I mean, it's got to be just a massive casino. Right, massive, a nineteen hundred feet tall casino. I mean, that would work. I'd go to it. What else? What else would it be there for? Tallest casino in the world. Um, what else could they put there? Maybe it's Oklahoma. Maybe it's a big like hay silo. Just nineteen (laughs) hundred feet tall. (laughs) Imagine how much hay would fit in that. Yeah, that's like a city block (laughs) wide, nineteen hundred feet tall. It's ridiculous. Supply the whole state of Oklahoma. Yeah, who knows where they're putting it. I hope that doesn't go through. That's going to be crazy. But part of me hopes it does because it's so absurd. Yeah, it is absurd. That's something that like I feel like Oklahoma could use maybe. You know, just a tourist attraction to go to Oklahoma City. Climb up in it and get on like the glass outlook. Look all over the Oklahoma City skyline. Yeah, see the old there. Oklahoma City silo. That's what we're going to mm. name it. You can see all the farms around. Uh, other thing that I saw on i think adam Schefter on x who was saying that shanahan and mccaffrey senior won three super bowls together and now kyle and cmc get a chance to do it to win one it's pretty fun that is fun i wonder if there have been any other duos that the the fathers did it and the sons are doing it Hmm. watch out for uh belichick and brady maybe brady jr gronk jr baby gronk Baby crumb. <laughs> I don't know if that one counts, but <laughs> what a joke. Yeah. Uh and then the last thing before we get into the topics. There's no Iceman on this episode, but he oh. teased it. He said he's got a good one coming up next week. Ooh. So anticipation building. Yeah. But we should we just jump into the two minute drill then? Let's do it. All right. First up. NFL coaching carousel continues. Raheem Morris, which surprised me, went to Atlanta, took the Atlanta job. And then Brandon Staley is reportedly interviewing for the Rams DC position to replace him. Ben Johnson said no. He's staying in Detroit as the Lions OC. So now it's just Seahawks commanders with open positions. Arthur Smith is reportedly going to the Steelers to be their OC. And it looks like Bill is not going to be coaching in the 24-25 season, which is absurd. I mean, that is wild. I wonder if he just didn't get the deal he wants or, or if he's just not interested or what. I mean, he's got to be interested. Thought, he's interviewed. You think, I mean, I thought Atlanta was yeah. for sure either him or Vrabel, and then it goes to Raheem Morris. 
Yeah. Who not like to bash the guy, but his record I think was like 17 and 34 or something like that. Right. I wonder if it was a just like a contract negotiation I like deal or or what's going on there. But I don't know. um another thought is I do not think Pittsburgh fans are happy about getting Arthur Smith at all. I've seen nothing but <laughs> angst. <laughs> nothing but bad. <laughs> nothing but angst. Um and maybe rightfully so. Nor, nor like, should they. <laughs> Yeah, like the way he used, I've mentioned this multiple times, but the way that but he Bijan. used Bijan, eh, get ready, Najee, because nah, that's you. He's getting benched. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to play. So I, I feel you, Steelers fans. I'm not sure about that pick either. Well, look at that. Covered it with 24 seconds to spare. Hey. And now you're up. All right, so last week you talked about Joel and B dropping 70. This week, Luka Doncic comes in and drops 73 against the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Which is wild. In the last two seasons, four players have done this. Previously, before that, two players had done it since 1994. So this has not happened very often at all. Now Luka Doncic is the number. He's the fourth most points in a game in NBA history. So we tied the fourth most in NBA fourth most points in NBA history. But what's wild is you're right. Like in the last two years, four people have done it. And then Devin Booker, Kobe did it. And then in 1994, someone did it. Then right after, right before that, in the 70s, David Thompson. And then it was Wilt, 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 Wilt. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often. I wonder why it happens more often now than it did then. Higher scoring, maybe? Higher scoring, probably. I think also uh, fouls probably come into play a little bit with it. Um rules going in favor of the offense, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, crazy. Fourth most of all time. That's just wild that it was four days apart. Yeah. And, and basically the same week. Yeah, because last year was a month and 24 days apart, which is still, I mean, in the scheme of two in a lifetime, or not a lifetime, I was about to say my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> like in 30 years, it's crazy. Next year, watch for two 80-point games. It's happening. It's happening. Might have to. All right. Boom. End of the two-minute drill. Next up, let's just jump into it. The AFC Championship game. It, The Chiefs dynasty is a thing. And the year that by no means should they be going to the Super Bowl, here they are. Who would have thought midseason when they were playing like they were that they'd be going to the Super Bowl? Nobody. Except for all the people who we were mentioning in the intro. It was like, oh, well, of course, they're the Chiefs. How could Patrick Mahomes not be in the Super Bowl? And that's the stuff that drives me crazy. It, On one hand, I'm impressed and respect everything that he's doing. On the other hand, I am sick of hearing it. I think this team is very much less on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders, though, than previous Chiefs teams have been. Uh, Dare like I say on defense, the defense's shoulders? Their defense. Again, very reminiscent of Brady with... Um, the Patriots, like mm-hmm. he can get it done if he needs to, but their defense carried them in this game for sure. And really through the playoffs so far has been their defense. I mean, their defense is good because 17, 10. So the under hit 27 points in the game, Patrick Mahomes was incredible. He started the game. What? Like 10 of 11, like 10 straight completions, something like that. Yeah. He played great, but the chiefs defense was more impressive to me in that. And then Kelsey had some incredible catches. We, You called it 
you're like, Kelsey's going to have a good game. That's no doubt. He's going to have at least a touchdown. He's going to have at least 50 yards, at least five, six catches. I told you, bro, he's back on my team now. When you had him, nothing was happening, but he's back on my team now. So watch out, dude. He's balling right now. Dude, he is balling right now. Defense-wise, both defenses, for the most part, played pretty good in that game. Offense-wise, Lamar's going to get a lot of crap for this game, saying that he can't play good in the big game. There was a bad interception. I will yeah. say that. Like, you got to get at least three throw interception. Also a questionable PI call on that. But that aside, it's like you got to know, you got to protect the ball more there. That was like triple coverage, middle of the field, when you have to protect it. Other than that, though, I don't think he played that bad. Mm, see, I'm a, I'm on the, the other side of the spectrum on that one. I, I do not think Lamar played a very good game. Um, he, I, It just felt like he was missing a lot of open throws. I don't think he played like a terrible game, true. but he... Some of his passages look sloppy. I think the biggest thing I was disappointed in with Lamar is that he didn't use his legs more. Like on plays or on downs, they, they had to get a first down, and it looked like he could have easily run for it. Um, it seemed like he was trying to stay in the pocket more instead of just going to get the first down, which, I mean, as a quarterback, I guess that's okay, but I want to see Lamar run that thing and get the first in that situation. I agree with that, but also – I mean, another big one in this was coaching. I feel like the Chiefs 10 times over outcoached the Ravens. You and I talked about it, but the last play to seal it when they throw it deep to MVS instead of trying to run it or do a check down. Like, I love that. That was a great call. Chiefs were calling a good game. But especially offensive for the Ravens, they like didn't run the ball really at all. And then, like you're saying, Lamar wasn't running it. And so I don't know how much of that was... There's definitely part of it that was Lamar, like step up and make plays in those moments. But then how much of it was like game plan wise, keep looking downfield, like try to stay in the pocket. Don't try to like, I don't know. I mean, I, I could be reading into something that doesn't exist, but. Yeah, I I think there's something there probably though. There's They weren't running the ball at all with Gus Edwards. And every time he did touch the ball, it seemed like he got positive yards. Um, I don't know why they kind of strayed away from that. I guess that also goes in the game flow. Like when you get down a little bit, it's harder to run the ball, but. They weren't really down. It felt like they were down a lot more than they were in the game. Because the fumble, obviously, that's talked about a lot. Zay Flowers reach up, which I don't love always extending, trying to get a, a touchdown right there, especially if we get a new set of downs and Lamar Jackson right there. But he at least had two hands on it. Like all the time you see someone reaching out with one hand there. It yeah. was a good play punching it out. It was a good that stinks. That does stink. That changes a lot. Like to your point, they weren't down crazy. I think they just weren't expecting they just came out flat in a lot of ways, it felt like. They did, and I was kind of waiting in second half for them to come out strong, and they came out and did the same thing, it felt like. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of that probably is credit to the Chiefs' defense. Um, I was looking back. They played the Ravens and the Dolphins in the playoffs so far, which are the two top-scoring offenses in the NFL, and they gave up 14 points to the Dolphins, one of those touchdowns was in trash time, and then mm-hmm. they gave up 10 points to the Ravens. So that's that's really good, man. Really good. Really and they good. They came out hot. Yeah, they did. Offensively, defensively, they came out chippy. Travis Kelsey moving Justin Tucker. What an innocent souls helmet and, and balls. Oh, man. Yeah. Just kicking his balls around. I was really hoping Justin Tucker could get a game winning field goal because of that, or at least a field goal that really mattered, you know. But And then sing a song with his beautiful voice. Does he have a beautiful voice? He's like an opera singer, I think. Oh, might have to go to the opera. Big Justin Tucker fan. Let me make sure it's not misinformation there. Are you thinking about uh, Kirk Cousins? No, Justin Tucker amazes, amazes singing opera at concert. 
Imagine you pull up to the opera, you know, your weekly opera, and Justin Tucker's <laughs> just smacking it up there. I love that. What a guy. Same anyway, tune, Justin. it came out chippy. And we would be doing a disservice to my disdain for NFL officials if we didn't talk a little bit about the game. Obviously, leading up to it, people were talking about, it. oh, it's an away ref crew. They call like 40% more penalties than other games and blah, blah, blah. It did seem a little bit like on the Kelsey one, he comes up and he's like shoving, then Van Noy like barely pushes him off and gets the personal foul on that. Like, I'm not mad at Kelsey. Like, I love it. Like, come in, come chippy, come fired up. But right. We know I, I like I like Travis Kelsey. Yeah. The, it seemed like the Chiefs were getting everything in this game. Everything. Everything. It wasn't it wasn't subtle. And at some point you gotta start thinking. What's what's going on here? We talked a little bit about it with the late call in the game uh, mm-hmm. last week against the Bills. I feel like there was some similar stuff in this game. I don't know, man. It's not that Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. It's that they get any call they want. Right. The and refs are inevitable. I don't know how much the refs. No. I think the Chiefs would have won either way, but it did really feel like the refs were, were leaning well to the Chiefs' side. It really did, especially we mentioned the interception that could have been called a PI. The play right before could have been called a PI. Mm -hmm. And all of those were getting called, it felt like, on the Ravens secondary. Yeah, it definitely did feel like that. It felt like the same play was going to the Chiefs and not the Ravens. Come on, just automate it. Do something. I'm tired of officials being a complaint I have after the game. But when I get mad about the Chiefs and I'm frustrated all this, I just thought again about Kadarius Tony. Did you see him going up on Instagram Live? No, I didn't see that. He was out before her with the injury and then personal reasons, a.k.a. the Chiefs were sitting him trying to save his face. Right. Honestly, like a classy move by the Chiefs. He goes on, he's like bad-mouthing the Chiefs and talking about like how he wasn't injured and how this is like trash and, and a lot of other words were used. <laughs> like, my guy, shut up. Yeah, stop ratting yourself out, bro. They're trying to help you so you can go play on another team. You are a detriment to this team, and they're trying to overlook it. What did he say? He was just like, they didn't want me there? It was like a five-minute string of profanity. I think it was only like 30 (laughs) or 40 seconds. And then he was saying that he wasn't injured. And he was like talking about the team's trash or something else like that. I'm going to have to go look at that later. (laughs) I'll send you the link after this. Yeah, you got to. But this, it was wild. And then... Back to Patrick Mahomes' credit, I I think I've said this on the podcast before, but one of the things I've been impressed with all year is that he hasn't badmouthed his team at all. Yeah, I feel like he's always down to take the brunt of the blame. Right. And he's usually not the problem. Or like the few times he blamed refs, it was just like it was never about his team dropping anything. And so that does earn my respect, especially when Kadarius Tony's going on doing this at this point. Yeah, I, I'll say it. I like Patrick Mahomes, um, but I am getting a little, a little bit tired of of them winning. I just, I really wish I could separate the respect for them and what he's doing, and the just incessant glazing of him at all times. Some of it, most of it's probably warranted. To be no, honest, it's not even talking about like how good or how how much he's done. It's just like, oh, well, he's not going to lose. How could anyone ever have him as not a Super Bowl favorite? You're an idiot. Like, you right, know what I mean? Because like their team's not good. And that's right. why it's just we like, have him as a Super I would Bowl rather favorite. be like, 
So like, there's a good chance that he still wins. They're still overcoming odd. It's not like, well, you can never doubt him in the playoffs. It's like he's won two championships so far. Brady, like I mentioned, it was seven out of what, 24 seasons. It's like, you're still losing most of those seasons without a championship. And so stop acting like it's just a guarantee for him to do it and then just respect it for what it is, which is he took a, and their defense and Kelsey so far in the playoffs took a Chiefs team way farther than it should have gone. Right. And now they have a shot for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree with that. It is a little much when every time you turn the TV on, it's like, oh, this he can never lose. Um, we're, I'm missing Joe Burrow in the playoffs right now. I didn't that, that might be Mahomes is um I think that's gonna be a battle for years to come. Joe might keep Bur- or Joe might keep Mahomes out of some more Super Bowls. I think he will. I mean, they looked really good for that, like when the the game they beat the Niners in a couple on each side of it this season. Mm-hmm. It's like started out slow and then he got hurt, obviously. But for a second there, you're like, Okay, this is the Bengals team we thought it was gonna be. Yeah. The the Bengals will be there fighting um fighting the Chiefs. I think the Ravens will be back, man. They're they're pretty they're pretty stacked. They'll, I think they'll remain pretty stacked. Lamar just got to pull it together in the playoffs. And, and I also don't love that narrative about Lamar in the playoffs, but um, they'll be able that, to challenge that was the maybe Chiefs. more of what I was saying. Like, he didn't have a good game in that. No, he certainly but, did not I, have a good game. But he also, he wasn't the reason they lost also at the same time. Yeah, I, I think if he has a decent game, they, they have a good shot to win. But he, I mean, he did catch his own pass. That was sweet. That was so sick. That was awesome. And I, I really wanted Lamar to have a good game too. I'm not saying he played like absolutely horrible, but he didn't play well. Uh, it, he didn't look like Lamar Jackson. He didn't have the same um, energy around him. It didn't look like. There's just that playmaker besides catching your own pass that was just a little bit missing from it. Yeah, there was there was something missing. He didn't make other. Yeah, other than that play, there wasn't anything crazy. Like he broke that one on. Was it fourth down that they did the run and he broke it mm-hmm. out to the end? And um, it was him and Sneed in the foot race, and he tried to cut back. Like I thought he was going to go outside, just take off. Yeah, stiff arm and go. I mean, obviously it's easier to say that than actually do it, but just stuff like that. The plays that I think he usually makes, it just didn't seem like he was making it. You're right. I just I don't want it to be the narrative of I know. choked and in the big game. We're not making that the narrative, but he he just didn't have a good game. He wasn't exceptional. Right. I'll, I'll, that's what I'll concede. He just wasn't exceptional yeah wasn't but next game nfc championship christian mccaffrey's a stud Mm -hmm. beast i don't know if there's anything else that that needs to be said about him there the man yeah he he did what we thought he was gonna do what you said he was gonna do i actually like exactly what you said he was gonna do i think you said over like over 100 yards all purpose two touchdowns mm -hmm. one to two touchdowns i think so i was saying and he had, had another one did he have one or two yeah, he had to. It went off. Debo, the man wasn't protecting nothing. Mm-mm. He, especially like around half, when he started just taking off, I'm like, keep feeding him the ball. That man was not letting anything stop him for a Game second. Game changer there. when he gets the ball, man. There was Which, one that he, a screen pass out to the left side, he caught mm-hmm. it, gets hit immediately, just sheds the dude like he's not even there. Most players are getting blown up on that, and he just acted like the dude wasn't there. Just bounces off and keeps going, Crazy. which we have to talk about C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He'd mm-hmm. been going after Debo all year. He starts waving, see you later. In the first In the half. second quarter. In the second quarter. Who does that, man? That was and the turning point. Gets folded by a Christian McCaffrey stiff arm. Folded. That was rough. Debo has what? 
I think he had like around 90 yards, 89 yards receiving after, uh, I think the quote from CJ Garner Johnson is, uh, he's not good. He's a running back. Um, he's playing receiver. He can't run routes and uh, something else. That's just ignorant. There's no, no reason to say that about Debo. Debo is an elite wide receiver who could also play running back if he wanted to. So even morally, but anyway, I don't want to have to dog the guy anymore, but yeah, I was pulling for the lions pretty hard. And when I saw him waving, I was like, dude, you've got to be kidding me. It's the first half, like save that for maybe into the third quarter, somewhere in the fourth quarter. Um, don't do a first (laughs) half, man. Rule of thumb. So early. That's bad. The crowd at Ford field was pretty sick though. Yeah. I think they packed it out. It looked like there was a game there. I think they did what, like the whole lower deck, and I think it sold. I think there was free, but sold out and sold out for free or something like that. The best sold kind of out sellout. for free, <laughs> best kind of sellout ever. That was kind of sick. That was sweet. I mean, I, I think the future is bright for the Lions. I know Dan Campbell afterwards was saying like, we don't know if you're going to be here again, which is I think very true. I think I had heard people criticizing him from that, but that's just very realistic. Like things change. Ben Johnson's back, but he could have not been back. Right, players change. It's a hard league. Yeah, I think you gotta hope to be back, but know that it is a tough league, and you may not be. Um, sometimes it's not in the cards, but yeah, man, I obviously big fan of Dan Campbell. Campbell said it multiple times. I love how he lives and dies by by those kind of calls. It's just super unfortunate that he he had to die. He by died him. by it. And what sucks is the first fourth down, the one before half. Yeah, Josh Reynolds should have caught. No, 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 not oh, not that yeah, one. Yeah, later the in the first game. one yeah, he later in the game. That. He should have caught that that pass. Great, mm-hmm. great play call. Really, the second fourth down. That's the one that's from the thirty yard line. Yeah, when they were down by three. I don't necessarily think it was a bad play call. I think they didn't. They got fooled by the defense. Is what it was. They thought it was man coverage, and the defense switched to zone, and that really screwed them up, and they didn't know where to go. I hate going for it there. Yeah, I don't love going. It was fourth and three. It was from the 30-yard line down three with seven minutes. I think it was a little over seven minutes left. Mm -hmm. What I hate about it is, one, you don't get the first down. Obviously, it's a turnover on downs. You do. You're still not guaranteed a touchdown. There's a good chance you go down, you end up taking the points, like field goal later, and you give the Niners four minutes left with a tie game, something like that. Likelihood, like you're not going to burn seven minutes of game time from the 30 yard line and so you're either going up at best for when the Niners have a chance to drive down as clock expires and score a touchdown worst case is what happened doesn't do it they go down score and you're down 10 right mid case you know what I mean you get three or touchdown they have like a lot of time you know what I mean like it just doesn't seem like that's calculated typically I'm all I'm all go for it but yeah in that situation I think you got to take the points there um. Yeah, it, different scenario, you know. Maybe go for, it, but yeah, exactly what happened is, you know, they didn't get it. They could have tied the game. They didn't, mm-hmm. and then they effectively went down two scores after that. So that that's um huge. Obviously, hate that they did that. That's but, one. That's one he probably wants back. Like if you really sit and think about it, there wasn't like you're saying. There's not a whole bunch of upside to going for that one. You can't run out seven minutes a clock at that point, I right. think. And so it's just, but then again, what I do respect about it, and people have been talking about it, is that he was consistent all year. That's what he's been doing, and mm-hmm. he was consistent here. 
Brandon Staley is the classic example of the opposite, who is like really aggressive, then flip flops and goes back and forth. And yeah, you don't want that. I do think though, there's a little bit of balance, <laughs> like right. a little bit of measured aggression. There. Yeah, that was a little, a little too much. Maybe, maybe one less espresso shot in that coffee, and we would be seeing the Lions in the Super Bowl. Um, that was tough. Yeah. It was big, big collapse though. And I, I think huge collapse. without having to blame one player, blaming one player would be CJ Garner Johnson. Yeah. Him, um, or just the Lions receiving core for the few drops they had that were very crucial. They had mm-hmm. a few bad drops there. The fourth down before the half that was fourth and goal. That's one I could maybe see going for it more than the other one. Yeah, I agree. With that. I, I really thought he was going to go for it there. And I wouldn't have hated that. Like, you go down 21 going into the halftime, that's Mm-mm. not good odds. I mean, 17 is obviously not good odds either, but three touchdowns just feels a little a little bigger. I mean, it is bigger. feels a lot. Yeah, I think I still liked him going for, or like kicking a field goal there, yeah. but I would be totally cool either way on that decision. Right. I would have rather kicked the field goal there as well. I'm just saying that I think that one, if you're going to go for one of the two, that one is the one that makes more sense to go for. Like to score a touchdown rather than to get a first down. Plus momentum. Yeah. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. All the momentum was on their side first half. Second half was not the case when they went for it on fourth down. Right. Man, what a a colossal just botchery, man. That was was tough to watch pulling for the Lions. Again, happy for you because I know the first half was not easy to watch at all for you. It wasn't, but... It was a combination, a big collapse by the Lions for sure. And I think a good comeback from the Niners. They played night and day different in the second half. Mm-hmm. It felt like Christian McCaffrey went off. Brock Purdy made plays. Alex Smith coming in saying that as the the sitting president of the, the game manager club, that that guy is not allowed. Talking about Brock Purdy. Yeah, not letting him in. Can't let a guy go into the Super Bowl in his second season into that club just yet. I saw somewhere, I'm not. I haven't verified this fact, so sorry if it's misinformation, but that Brock Purdy was even the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever throw a pass in the NFL. Hmm. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of the last picks were quarterbacks and then of there, like, I haven't heard of any of them playing, but. No, yeah. I love that he was Mr. Irrelevant. That just makes it so much better. Last pick in the draft, playing exceptional, doing insane things in his first two years. Oh, well, he's just like a game manager that throws check down passes and they run 20. And that's not the game. He was scrambling. He extends plays. He throws like good long passes. Like how I don't understand how you say that he's just throwing check downs if you watch him play one game. Yeah, that was the thing that uh, surprised me the most in this game was his ability to run. Like he made some of the most important plays in the game with his legs. Mm-hmm. Um that big run at the end where he almost scored on where I think Debo came out and said like if he would have hit his block Purdy would have scored because uh, Purdy kind of ran into Debo's back there. Um, but yeah, he he really made probably the most important plays of the game on his legs. And you can't, you know, can't check down with your legs. So you can't. And what I was telling you about before with Blitz is like he's very good at extending the plays. Even if he doesn't end up running, he's mobile in the pocket, like finds a new throwing lane. And anyway. Yeah, he played a really good second half. I was kind of worried he didn't look great in the first half. The pick was um, a bad pick too. Pick was, was a bad, bad pick. And, and uh, that I really, you know how last game we, or last week we talked about, like you said that the, the Niners couldn't get blown out. I really thought it was going to, it was going to play out exactly. I, had that thought for a second. About. I, I really, like, I, 
I was like, oh, there goes Purdy's number one pick. If he throws another one and they get blown out, it's going to be exactly what we talked about. Um, just wanted to point out that I think it, at one point it was possible. I know it didn't happen. It was, I know. I was, it was possible. He wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to happen. Their offense still got going. Yeah. 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 They got, they got going, but yeah, first half Purdy didn't look great, but he big time adjusted there and played a great, a great second half. I think we need to be on a mission to until there's a little bit of respect on his name that we have to to balance the Patrick Mahomes glazing with Brock Purdy. Yeah. I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl, obviously that's crazy. Go into it. Do you, I don't think he needs obviously I want him to. I don't think he needs to for anything that I've said about him to be true though. No. You made it to you the Super I mean? Bowl your second year. Um that's what Patrick Mahomes did, right? Second yeah. year's a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's not much else you can say about that. Like, you can't criticize the guy too much, no matter how good his team is. You know, you can have – there's plenty of great, well-rounded teams all the time that don't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played well enough to get to that to this point. So, What does it mean to be a good quarterback in the NFL? Does it mean that you make, like, flashy plays, you extend stuff, you win games, you use the weapons around you and make everyone – either better or playing as like to their potential in some ways or like any combination of those things. Yeah. I think, I think at this point it, it it's uh whatever random people on social media say, <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> I got to stop checking comments. Yeah. Um, Literally I the, the video or we, I posted a clip last week of us talking about him and you're like, yeah, we got to put a little respect on his name. Cause he led the comeback. Right. And the first comment I saw is, Brock Purdy's garbage. And the second <laughs> one is he just throws check downs for like 20 something yards. <laughs> right. Garbage quarterback in the Super Bowl. I wonder who yeah. the worst quarterback in the Super Bowl ever was. It's not Brock Purdy. That's for sure. Certainly not. Maybe this is crazy to say. The worst I can think of off the top of my head is Peyton Manning when they played the Panthers. Oh, at Lakers? that point in his career, he was a check down quarterback. He could still just get it out so fast, though. Peyton Manning's not a bad quarterback, obviously. One of the greatest of all time. That's a hot take. That's but a hot take. That was one of the one of the worst like Super Bowl quarterbacks I've seen in a while that I can think of off the top of my head. Kittle. We didn't talk about this. Sorry to totally switch gears. But when Kittle just drove Aiden Hutchinson into the ground, pancaked him. Mm, big block. Was... I bet. I wish there was a zoom in on his face because I guarantee you he was smiling doing it. <laughs> he's yeah, hilarious I saw him right afterwards he's just biggest smile ever yeah beast he was blocking super well all game uh that big run that purdy had he was blocking well downfield too what a guy great tight end great tight end i'm glad i got him in my draft all around yeah, travis kelsey kelsey's probably better best overall. receiving best no he's best receiving kittle's better overall is that what you're saying yeah i'm taking receiving into my overall though I'm just weighing receiving higher. I like receiving a bet more. Yeah, but you picked a run-heavy offense. Yeah, but I need some good receivers. Fair, fair. Well, anyway, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl a few years ago. Hopefully a different outcome. I'm tired of the Chiefs. Should we just go ahead and draft? Uh, I do want to talk about the end of the game when the Lions ran the ball. Um, Ooh, and, and had they had the to burn out. the timeout, which effectively ended the game pretty much. That mm-hmm. was tough. That was real tough. Did not love that. You got it. You got to throw it there. You've been ag- you've been aggressive all game, all year, 
And I mean, mm-hmm. not that that's not aggressive, but yeah, I, that's kind of the opposite of aggressive. I know you want, you have to score on that play, but you got to know that if you don't, the game is pretty much over. Um, that, that one hurt because they, they still would have had a chance. Yeah. The Niners letting them score that last time. Even still, it came down to an onside. They're low probability now. The onside that I, dude, if that Niners guy doesn't touch it, there's a high probability they get the ball. Yeah, but they were, um, they, no, I, uh, I know, but like if he doesn't touch it because the 49ers guy, sorry, if a Lions guy doesn't touch it because the 49ers guy was going to catch it. I don't know who it was. Um, he would have tried to catch it. I think you just got to hit him. You got to know not to touch the ball before 10 yards because that effectively ends the game. They would have had a chance. But, I mean, still, it came a little bit scary at the end. What an emotional game. Just watching like the matchup predictor on ESPN4 is just like at halftime, 92% Lions shoot, 99% Niners, and then cuts back. And Yeah, that, anyway. was, that was a crazy game. Much better game than um, than the first game. For sure. I know. I thought that first game would have been so much better. But anyway, it's not. Next year for the the Ravens. There's always next year. South Carolina's motto. Mm. Poor clowny. We don't have to wait until next year to to see how the rest of our dream team assembles. Because we're doing coaching staff for the draft. Oh, boy. We've got a head coach, an OC, DC, special teams coach, and then a vibes guy. This is just someone on the coaching staff that we want in the locker room around the players. It's morale, if you will. Kind of like a Caleb Presley's role at um at UNC. Right. Chief supervisor of morale. Gotta get a vibes guy in there. Still not sure how I'm picking for that, but I'm sure it'll be good. But you get the first pick. Yeah, man. This is tough. Do I want to go which coordinator do I want to go first? I think I got to go with one of the best coaches of all time. I'm picking Bill Belichick for my defensive coordinator. I don't want him as my head coach. I feel like he's a little too, a uh, little, a uh, little too stiff for my liking. Head coach, but I feel like you want a stiff defense. You want a stout defense. Belichick can provide that. That's where I'm going with. With I him. thought you were going to Andy Reid. I and know. I'm so happy you didn't, because I'm going to take Andy Reid as my head coach with Kyle Shanahan as my offensive coordinator. Any kind of claim that you then have about Kyle Shanahan can't get it done in the big game, you got Andy Reid to combat it. If you took Andy Reid, I was going to take Bill, and it was going to be the same thing. But imagine that offense with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan calling and drawing up plays. Yeah. Andy Reid was my number one, and then I, I just didn't like the possibility of you getting Belichick with – anybody else <laughs> i didn't want you to have a belichick that's oh, fair that's i mean it was a smart defensive move but yeah I'll take it. i definitely would have had andy reed but i do think there are do you got him as head coach or oc i've got andy as head coach and then kyle shanahan as oc mm. okay big big decision here wild that i picked the dc first I'm definitely more of an offensive guy but I thought there were more options as um, as those. All That's right. Fair. I'm going head coach, OC. Would you, would you go Sean McVay? Would you go Mike McDaniels? What would you do? Uh, that's where I'm at, man. Is that, is that the decision? That's the two. Um, oh, man. I really want to go Mike McDaniel. I love the, the play sheet. The play calling the last couple of weeks has got me iffy on McDaniel. I'm going Sean McVay as my OC. Go Sean McVay. I think 
he has a little more experience calling plays. Won a Super Bowl, proven. I'll go Sean McVay. Uh, that's a good decision. And I, I almost want to make this man my vibes guy. Mm-hmm. I could, I could make him my vibes guy. But I feel like a head coach as a vibes guy is perfect. I'm going Dan Campbell, head coach. Ride the lightning. We're going for it every time. Give me Dan Campbell. I've just really got behind him this year. I think he gets he gets the guys going, ready to play. I know that's not the most traditional pick for a head coach. Um, Andy Reid's obviously more proven as a head coach. I just love what Dan Campbell's doing. Give me Dan Campbell, especially on Madden where I'm going for it every time. Players guy. Yeah. The players coach. Big right players there. guy. I, it seems like everybody really gets behind him. All right, so then D.C., Defensive coordinator, I'm going to go D'Amico Ryans. I love him. I love what he did with the 49ers. I think he's a great head coach, too. Just, I feel, you know what I mean? Like, my defense is going to be nice with him. Mm, you're Plus drinking got the Kool-Aid there overlap. a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah. I fully am. Kool-Aid, but that's okay. Next up, special teams. I'm going to go Brad Seeley, a just lifer special teams coordinator. One of the best to ever do it. He retired a couple years ago, but I talked to him. He's happy to come back and coach. Oh right now for for my dream team call or text aim oh okay gotcha gotcha (laughs) man yeah see i didn't want you to have belichick and D'Amico ryan's and i knew that was Mm -hmm. gonna happen with the second third pick really wanted andy reed but again i think there are other options i could i could have taken so i'm happy with thinking all right what pick are we on for me you got special teams and vibes now Ooh. Special teams, I got to go John Harbaugh, proven special teams guy from 15, 20 years ago, and obviously mm-hmm. a proven head coach as well. Got to go him, a lot of experience there. Um, vibes guy, Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm between a few. I don't want to do an active player. That would be That would be a lot. What active player would you do? I'm not going to do him. Active player, I would 100% do Jameis Winston. <laughs> Dude, that would be hilarious because i think that would be so funny <laughs> he's just a, be... he's just the team guy man like dude he's... that would be hilarious to do him should i imagine him an advisor yep. as a coach. I... can i actually uh concede the pick to you and then i go from i want to see what you got in store before i make a pick can i do that sure because you can have i don't i really don't have a whole bunch planned for vibes guy I want to see what route you take and then go from there. Okay, there were a couple options that I was thinking for vibes. <sighs> Depending on the coaches I got to, because I was going to use it as a little bit of balance. So if I had Bill, I was going to go Danny DeVito because I felt like the locker room <laughs> could be a little bit uptight and you need a, you know, a little <laughs> four foot ten man walking around. Oh man. But since I've got Andy Reid, I feel like it's gonna be fun enough. I'm gonna go the rock. Imagine having the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson walking around the locker room, just motivating people. People will literally run through brick walls. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one. All right, since you got the Rock, I really wanted to go Jameis Winston because that's absolutely hilarious. But I don't I don't know how I don't know how much he would contribute to my team running through a brick. But imagine wall. him and imagine him an advisor. I might have to draft him. Yeah, I might have to draft him as my backup quarterback just to have him on the sideline. Um, for vibes guy, you got the rock. I'm mm-hmm. going Ronnie Coleman, lightweight baby. I'm getting him in there. We're lifting weights all day. He's throwing up 
hundreds of pounds on the bench. Our team's going to be absolutely yoked. We're run first offense. They're going to be just running over people. Dude, it's he's half strength training, half vibes. However, your team's just going to get yoked and have no mobility anymore. Lamar Jackson's going to put on 75 pounds of muscle. We're going to be smart about it. We got some experience <laughs> on the coaching staff. We're going to do some speed training. Dude, Dan Campbell, Ronnie Coleman in there motivating people, you're running through a wall for sure. Dude, that's fair. For Lightweight, the two of them, baby. People would do anything. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. So now all we have to do is af- we'll uh, finish our rosters. We'll just do backups. We're not going to do it on the episode. And then we'll have our full 53 man. And then the Madden simulation is going to be coming pretty soon. Watch out. I don't know how the vibes guy factor into that. So that, that can always be our like asterisks on the win. It's like, well, yeah, I know you <laughs> but, lost, Alan, but Ronnie Coleman wasn't in the building. You're right. Yeah, we might have to get them on um, to watch it as well. Maybe that's how we get the vibes guy. Dude, chilling with Ronnie and The Rock? That would be crazy. Who's going to win more flag football games? NFC, AFC, NFC or AFC? That's, that's kind of split. When is that? Next week. Yeah, McCaffrey, you got to count McCaffrey out. Yeah, yeah. But you got you to gotta roll AFC, Dolphins guy. I'll go NFC, Niners. We'll pull for it. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah, talk no, a little I'm, bit about I'm thinking like logically about this, and I think the AFC is going to win. You remember when Geno Smith last year just went off? Geno went off in the regular season last year, too. That is true. I'm going AFC. You're going NFC? I like it. Got to. Got to ride with them. We'll be back after the Pro Bowl with some Super Bowl predictions. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.